You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey guys, and welcome to Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcasts. Your hosts today are Stocksy, and Sparky has taken a week off, so we've got Nick in from the OG League, the Dynasty League, but we'll give him a quick introduction in a second. Don't forget to find us on all socials at Five Yard Rush. You can find the podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify as well, which we're pretty psyched about. So without further ado... Here he is, our guest host. How are you doing, Nick? Good, very good. Good. Happy to be here. Well, very, we're very ha- excited. Very happy to have you as Sparky has <laughs> abandoned us for at least a week, but we'll get into that a bit big, later. Big shoes to fill. He d- generally actually does have big shoes as well, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, so on today's show, we're going to do some news because there's been, well, it's been two weeks nearly since our last pod, so there's a fair bit to get into. And then Nick and I have come up with our sleepers, busts and draft loves. So people we absolutely feel we need to draft everywhere. Bit of ADP chat, so on, so forth. So we'll start with you, Nick. How do we know you? Well, so my, my I guess we, we met each other because I'm going out with, uh, with Chris's sister, Hayley. Um, so that's how we kind of first got in, got in touch. But then we realised that we had uh, some NFL in common. Uh, we went to what game did we go to last year? It was it was the Browns versus some Browns versus the Vikings? I think it might have been. You yeah, had the season no. ticket, so you, you you went to all of them. I so did, I'm yeah. sure they just merged into one. No, no, because we went to the subway van and we did the. That's right. Yeah, and we got and tried on the helmets and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, it was Browns Vikings and still got that T-shirt. Yeah, so have I actually. <laughs> Free subway T-shirt. I imagine they'll be there again this year, but 
Yeah, so then we obviously found out we've got a lot in common with the NFL, went to the game, which was good, and then from there it just escalated into you joining, so originally you joined our Dynasty League, didn't you? Yep, yep. For which we had the combine with. Yeah, and I, I performed, I was okay at everything except the things that actually involved American football. <laughs> so I was fine at like the jumping and the and the running and, and the, uh, uh, what else was it, and the bench press was okay at. Uh, but in terms of anything that involved actually holding on to one of those balls, it just all went wrong. Yeah, disclaimer, Nick had never thrown in American football before <laughs> the combine. So I think you performed admirably given the circumstances. And then we had a guy drop out of our original five-yard rush league. So we invited you to that because mm. you seem to know your stuff. And yeah, there's probably a couple of other leagues you're in or going to be in maybe. But anyway, so I thought we'd draft you in because of your... NFL knowledge? Well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what I can. I'm by no means an expert, but I have been, uh, I've been trying to, trying to learn a bit. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, a little bit of self-advertisement before we drop into the news. I would urge everybody to go out onto the Dynasty Happy Hour website and just give my Jets articles a bit of a read. Would seriously appreciate the love there. And if you could share it around anywhere, I, I would love that. So, yeah, that would mean a lot. I know it would help our podcast out as well. And also, a quick shout-out to Jack Humphreys of the Kickers Matters podcast. I went on there as a guest a couple of weeks ago, and we chewed the fat about the Broncos, which was nice. And I think I may have overrun on that as well, so expect quite a long one this week, guys. I suppose we should get into the news, Nick. Sounds good. So, I think the biggest bit of news since we last recorded was that Darius Geis has torn his ACL and is out for the season. It's unfortunate because when he came off the field, I think they were talking about an LCL strain and it wasn't going to affect his whole season. But it does now appear, well, not appear, he is out for the whole season and the rookie will have his rookie season next year. With regards to the Washington backfield now, who do you think out of P. Ryan and Kelly, where's your money? I I think it's got to be P. Ryan, right? Yeah, for me, it's definitely P. Ryan. Um, Obviously... But it's a huge blow for them, and it's a huge blow for a lot of fantasy players who were really kind of rating him as, I mean, behind Saquon Barkley, he was the number two RB. Right? Absolutely, and if people drafted early like we did, then and you picked him up as an earlier pick as a running back, then yeah. you lost him before you've even seen him, which is, you know, devastating. Especially with how thin the running back field is this year, or at least it seemed like, I mean, I was really running out of picks by the time we were getting to the sort of fifth or sixth round on on running back so, so to, to, to burn your pick on him early on was, was a bit of a blow yeah definitely like you say running backs drop off a cliff at round six seven and eight so if you don't have anybody by then there's a couple of people you might be able to get but otherwise you, you're in trouble Rob Kelly has received the starting reps in the first two games of the preseason but P Ryan has been the guy to shine I think he had one run for definitely 30 or 40 yards in the game the other day unfortunately did turn his ankle but the team are saying it isn't a problem and it's only he'll be ready for week one so whether it will be the new fit Rob Kelly rather than the fat Rob Kelly or Samar JP Ryan I'm not sure Chris Thompson looks likely to be ready for the start of the season the only trouble with him is it's a mental problem whether we can get over the injury Uh, I know from when I smashed up my knee that it took me a long time to regain sort of physical confidence in my knee I'd never wanted to land on it so I'm sure he doesn't want 200 300 pound men barreling into him <laughs> so I'm not sure on him but yeah for me and obviously Nick has just said that it's got to be Ryan what's your feeling on in terms of how Alex Smith's 
sort of works in that role. Um, I guess you've, you've got maybe not the strongest running back with with, with Greece Corn. It's maybe it was going to be running back by committee beforehand. Now it's probably a lot of the workload going on to Pirone or, or, or Kelly. How, how do you think that Alex Smith, who's maybe not the most natural kind of thrower of the ball, works with them? So I actually have Alex Smith in my sleepers and my loves just because I think Darius Geis going down really helps him now because they don't have a run game. Alex mm. Smith is quite mobile and he'll get you good ground yards and you know he's not the most confident downfield thrower but was that Kansas City holding him back because last year he went to the aerial ground get aerial game sorry and slung really well Tyreek Hill burnt yeah, people yeah. at the top I, so I think yeah, I had a great season with him last year because I, uh, in one of my leagues, I auto drafted because I wasn't uh, switched on and I missed it. Unfortunately, the people I was doing it with were uh, Oslo based, um, and so I hadn't picked up on the difference between European time and, and British time, so I missed the draft entirely. Um, and as a result, I ended up auto drafting Andrew Luck in like the fifth round or something, which was obviously a disaster, uh, and then had to kind of pick up quarterbacks where I could. And ended up having a committee of sort of uh, Jared Goff and Alex Smith, and it actually worked out pretty well. So I'm a, I'm a bit of an Alex Smith fan. So. Yeah. So I've taken him. I'm sort of quarterback late in my drafts. I never ever go quarterback early, and I've got Alex Smith in quite a few, quite a few teams already. And I don't expect that to stop going into the next couple of weeks. I think yeah, I think it helps Alex Smith. Another bit of running back news: Alfred Morris, former Cowboy, assigned with the Forty ers Now. You added onto our shared sheet that Jarrett McKinnon is going to miss the rest of the preseason with a knee injury. Oh no, calf, calf strain. I think, I think that's right. It didn't seen like it was too serious, but it sounded like it, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, he came, I think he came off the field in quite a lot of pain and was. It was stated as a knee injury, but then I came. I think it came out as a calf strain, which means he'll probably be fine for the start of the season. I think Morris is a good signing for the 49ers because I'm not sure Jarek McKinnon has the body type for a full three-down workload. I think Morris adds a little bit of strength to the running back core there and along with Matt Breda, who's also injured, I think that's now a decent running back group. If Breda can get back for the start of the season, I think he has standalone value. A bit like Tevin Coleman at the Falcons, Breda is that sort of player, and if McKinnon was to go down, I think they would turn to Brieda over Morris and use Morris as a bit of a change of pace guy. But if you have drafted McKinnon already, then this Morris news is a little sore for you, I imagine. Definitely not going in the right direction. No, he's not trending in the right direction, you're quite right. Uh, what next? So, Roquan Smith, Bears rookie linebacker? No, yeah, he's either a linebacker or... I don't think he's a defensive tackle. I think he is a linebacker. Roquan Smith is stated to be one of the best defensive positions coming out of college. I'm really pleased the Bears have got that done just because he can now get into camp, train with the team, focus on the season. Are you looking him up, Nick? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, it's always the case with with fantasy that you end up spending so much time thinking about the offensive players, and I'd, I'd like to know more about some of these uh, kind of star defensive guys. Um, so yeah, I, was, I, I don't know anything about him, so I was just taking a quick look. Um, yeah, he's apparently an absolute linebacker. linebacker yeah. so I got it right. He's a he is a beast, and it's good for the Bears who already have a good D, a good young D, really good dynasty pick. I think it just helps them out now that he's actually signed and they can crack on proper rather than because the Bears were kind of a mid-table defense last year, weren't they? They were, yeah. they were nothing special. They didn't win your games, but they never lost your games. So, and I think 
it actually helps more now that I think they there's a I talked on the Kickers Matter podcast with Jack about it, and he there's a sneaky chance they break into the top five, definitely top ten, just because of how good they could be on offense. Then their D will have to work hard too, and we'll see on that. The next bit is Sam Donald was getting the majority of first team snaps. Now this news doc is well, like I said, ten days old, and since then Donald has played in the second preseason game. Didn't look anywhere near as good as he did in the first game, which is understandable. He's 21 years old, youngest quarterback ever to suit up in the NFL. He only had two years in college. He showed some good stuff, but unfortunately he did the standard rookie quarterback thing of holding onto the ball in the pocket for too long and got sacked twice on his first two drives, I think. Yeah, I mean, it surprises me that that's the th- I mean, it's not like these guys are coming from an uncompetitive league. Like, uh, at college level, you're, you're, I mean... Is it just because the NFL is so much faster yeah. paced and so much more aggressive that, that that they find themselves in that situation much quicker than they would otherwise? Yeah, I think you do hear a lot of players say the speed of the game at the NFL level catches them out, mm. and yeah, I can I can see why. Just because it is ferocious, even watching the preseason games, some of the speed that people have been hit with in the backfield when receiving the ball and stuff it is frightening. So, if you're fresh out of college and have never seen this speed firsthand, then I can understand how it catches up with you. Do you think the Browns are, are still happy with their with their choice? Of Baker Mayfield? Yeah, seems like he, he's a bit of a star. Yeah, he, he seems um, to have everything you need at the NFL level. And if the Browns' weapons materialise, then I don't think he'll start Baker Mayfield. I think Tyrod, uh, or, or however you say his name, we'll get into that in a minute. It's, <laughs> he, They've signed him for one year, and I don't think it's a bad thing for Mayfield to sit behind him now. I think the Browns by weeks, week 10, I think nine around that time. So if they are getting absolutely spanked up until the bye, then probably expect to see Baker Mayfield unless he absolutely dazzles in preseason, all preseason. And then I just, but all words out of Brown camp and are that Tyrod Taylor is the perfect quarterback. You know, he's he's first one in, last one out every day. He's just what you expect from your NFL quarterback. So mm. I don't, but like you say, he's got a bit of star potential, Mayfield. And on a side note, in an auction league I'm currently doing, I could I don't have enough money left to bid on Baker Mayfield, and he would have been one of the most expensive quarterbacks gone throughout really? the whole thing. Yeah. So is that that's not even dynasty? That's just a, yeah. No, it is a dynasty, oh, is a dynasty, dynasty auction. It's mm. it's mental. Like the uh, the timer, the timer is twelve hours on each pick. But so say I bid a million dollars for Baker Mayfield, and then you outbid me. The timer goes back to twelve hours. So you have to be the winning bid for twelve hours, which is handy because everyone else in the league is American, so they could snipe me while I was asleep and vice versa. Oh no! But gotta set your alarm for the. Yeah. Uh... The 3am trade. Yeah, it's taken a while to get done, but we're nearly there because people are starting to run out of money. <laughs> so, a um, couple of broken fingers out there. Yeah, that seemed to be a weirdly common injury this week. Yeah, uh, first one that came on was Devante Parker, broke his finger. It was slightly earlier than Rashad Penny, so people are saying Parker should be go to week one. I've got a sneaky suspicion, though, that Devante Parker could get cut just because of... There's, there's talk in camp that he's not getting on with the team, he's not performing to his 100%, he's not committed to the squad, and for me, he's. I think his last year of his contract, or next year is it, and he's going to want more money, so if you can cut him now, I think that's, if you don't want him, make way for someone else possibly, and then yeah, yeah. The, the second finger was Rashad Penny, which is... It's more of a blow, it seems. Yeah. I, I mean, that, was, that was the guy, I guess you had a number three 
running back yeah. in, in, from the rookie class. Well, a load of the rookies. I mean, you've got Saquon Barkley, who's yeah, tweaked a hamstring. Yeah. We won't see him again pre-season because it doesn't make sense. Penny with his finger, Geis with his ACL. I, I mean, if you're Devonta Booker or Kerryon Johnson... Oh, who else am I missing? Somebody else? A rookie running back? Anyway, yeah, if you're a rookie running back that isn't injured, surely you're going to want to bubble wrap yourself and not get hurt because yeah. it just seems to be a curse. Yeah. But yeah, for Rashad Penny, that's not going to help his ADP. Well, unless you consider him diving an ADP and then you've been able to get him in the seventh, eighth round. The Seahawks have already said that Chris Carson's going to be their starter and he shone last year before getting injured. I just wonder whether now. It would be a real bizarre turn for the Seahawks not to use their first round draft pick as their starting running back. It, it, crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it's only ever been done once before. I mean, it's a massive draft. You know, you've given up a draft pick basically to sit yeah. in for the first. Even if you sit in for half a year, it'd be interesting. I I think Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are now going pretty much level in the seventh round ADP wise. So it's a bit of a dart throw as to which one you pick as to who the. You don't want to be betting a season on that. No. Either way, do you? You don't want to be taking either as you're running back one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened next? So, just goes to show how important it is to draft those running backs early, it seems, this year. Yeah. The, the late RB picks are just. Yeah, I think. They all have a problem. Yeah. If you go zero running back like a couple of years ago, then mm. you're. I don't know who you'd get in round three and four, but you're not going to be getting studs. Whereas wide receivers, if you told me I was going to do a this team or that team but if you told me I could take you know at the 8-9 spot if I could take Dalvin Cook and Melvin Gordon and then round 3 and 4 then grab Amari Cooper and oh, who else makes, you know Diggs might make it down there or Thielen if, mm. if I could have those four I'm absolutely stellar Big Ben was in the concussion protocol and then very quickly came out of it which is unusual I presume that he got placed in it on a sort of let's be careful yeah. measure and then he came out yesterday. Uh, I don't actually know. I don't think he played in their game against Green Bay that turned into a scoring route. I don't know if you saw the end score on that. No, it was fifty-one thirty-eight wow. or something. Yeah, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers looks fire as well in his first start. He, he looked mm. really good. So yeah, if you drafted Big Ben and worried, don't worry anymore because he's out of the concussion protocol. Steelers seem to be a little bit all over the place. I mean, you've got, I guess, the kind of Levon Bell contract saga dragging on. Yep. You've got Antonio Brown. Have nowhere to be seen, and then yeah, it's difficult. I mean, for a team that is sort of perennially a playoff contender, mm-hmm. it doesn't look great. So, oh, let's over under then. How many wins do you think the Steelers are getting? I think they could go something like eight or something like eight or nine. Like I, I, I don't know. I, it's a sort of it's a team which is just obviously kind of under the radar from a fantasy perspective, certainly because you have so many of the kind of top, top ten picks yep. or top twenty picks, certainly. Uh, in that group but whether or not they're actually kind of compelling as a team now I don't know I'm not convinced interesting so I really like the Steelers this year I think they're okay. new I think they're new OC they're going to run a lot of no huddle plays which means the defense won't be able to change personnel as much which means they can exploit anybody they see on the on the opposition I think that benefits Le'Veon Bell I think that benefits Brown okay I'm down on Juju this year he hasn't actually made it into my busts because he's pretty good but I'm down on him I'm, you know, their new rookie wide receiver James Washington looks pretty good. Uh, I've picked him up in our dynasty league, and I think he could I be. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, he could be their second wide. I've, I've mentioned this before. He could be their second wide receiver in two man sets. I really like the Steelers. I, I can see him winning twelve, thirteen games. But if you've got him as eight and eight, uh, that's an interesting hot take. So the Patriots, another 
you know, perennial playoff team have suffered, well, one devastating injury to Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. Their offensive tackle, uh, he's out for the season with an Achilles tear, which is bad news, especially for Sony Michelle, because they were Georgia teammates. Michelle had fluid drained, supposed to be 10 days on Monday. So, you know, people are wondering, they say he'll be back after 10 days, but will he? Is it, is it worse? The New England backfield with Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Have you seen the news on Rex Burkhead's slight knee tear? What is a slight knee tear? Is is that? I don't. Know, I, I once had a slight knee tear, so I can I can sympathise. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I got a slight knee tear skiing, and I thought I'd been. I thought I'd done something properly. I was like, <laughs> like torn my ACL or something, but actually it turned out that I just had a slight knee tear. So I have I have a certain amount of sympathy with that. But then that also means slight knee tears could be worse than they're saying. That's true, yeah. So I mean, there was no way that I was going to be a, a star running back after <laughs> after my slight knee tear. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean that that definitely cost you a slot. Being like 150 pounds doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, need a few more gains. Uh, yeah, so the Patriots' backfield is an absolute mess. Jeremy Hill and James White both look like pretty good late round draft steals, especially if Michelle and Burkhead are out for time. Uh, I've got a little bit on one of my favourite running backs here, Joe Mixon. The Bengals look like they're just going to use him all over the place as a three-down back. Sprinklings of Gio Bernard in there. But he looked pretty good in his first game. He's dropped a few pounds, which I like, making more svelte. And he's got one of the best lateral cuts in the league. And he's patient like Le'Veon Bell as well. So I'm really, really high on mixing this year. And the fact that they're going to use him all over the place, absolutely love. You've got him in our dynasty league. I do. <laughs> do you have him in, our, in the yeah. redraft league as well? No, I don't think I do. No, because I went to the punch on that one. I I went tight end, tight end in our redraft, which I don't know why I did that, and I instantly regretted it. And then last bit of news. Oh, actually, that's not true. Uh, Another bit of news. Sorry, is Nick Foles injured his shoulder in his game in his preseason game? Sorry. Uh, The team don't think it's anywhere near as bad, and he should be ready for Week One if Carson Wentz isn't. And I'm going to put it out there and say Carson Wentz doesn't play till week three. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Nick Foles is definitely injured and not going to make it, they're not going to run their third-string quarterback and they'll rush Wentz back. But I think with Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP available, I think, yeah, rest of the franchise quarterback. Mm. And I, I just can't see him playing until game three. We mentioned Jarrett McKinnon out for the rest of the preseason earlier. We won't do the results because we're smashing into time anyway. We've mentioned some RJP Ryan's ankle, and then we got the little bit of sort of comedy well, news. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been watching Hard Knocks, um, which is great, uh, and it's an exciting time of year when it comes on. And obviously, you've got the Browns this year, and it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I suppose I've, I've watched the Hard Knocks in the past, and I've watched All or Nothing in the past, and they're all kind of great shows. And uh, the interesting thing about the Browns is is kind of the level of professionalism of the organisation relative to, I mean, particularly the Cowboys on All or Nothing last year. Like it, It's kind of chalk and cheese. You've got the Cowboys who've just spent billions of dollars on this enormous new trading facility, and you've got the Browns where their quarterbacks are sleeping in a uh, in a caravan out the back. Really? Um, and so you have Baker May- Mayfield, who's just got seven million guaranteed just for this year or something insane, and he's he's just sharing a, uh, a caravan out the, on, in the car park <laughs> with the backup QB. And so that, that, I'm sure that stuff wouldn't fly in Dallas. Um, so that's been interesting to see, but you also get an insight into some of these players. And uh, I think it came out on Hard Knocks that one of the, I think it was a defensive end, was was calling him Turod, um, and, and this was sort of was on Twitter as being ridiculous and that he couldn't pronounce 
his name. His name. Um, and then Tyrod himself came out and said, yep, yeah, that is how you pronounce it. It is Tyrod or Tyrod or something. <laughs> um, but but, but uh, you've got in your notes that uh, his mum says it's Tyrod. Yeah, well, she calls him Ty. His dad calls him Ty. Uh, loads of people call him Ty, not Ter. And that, so I think... He, I think he might just be Maybe playing he, on it. He's just, he's just taking everyone for a ride. Yeah, I, but then he's been in the league for so long, he's never brought anyone up on it already. So why now? <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, that was a, a bit of comedy. Uh, I definitely need to watch Hard Knocks now just to see the Browns training facilities. Uh, Browns fans come at me on social, but if it is as bad as Nick's saying, then that is poor, considering you make so much money. But it, I mean, having said that, they they do seem to have a, a a kind of a whole group of stars, and it is there's definitely a sense of optimism around it. And the the, the whole show, for those of you who've seen it, will know kicks off with the uh, the coach Hugh Jackson um, going into the water because he said at the beginning of last season that if they if they performed worse, then he'd he'd go for a swim in the lake. And so he gets a big group of Browns fans together and a lot of the coaching staff and they all run into the lake together at the beginning so it's a kind of a cleanse for the new season so there's definitely a sense of optimism there Uh, and from a fantasy standpoint it seems like there there are certainly some some interesting picks on that offence certainly uh, well, we might as well dive into that quickly. What do you think of Des Bryant possibly going to the Browns? Well, I think that's exciting, and it, I think it gives them just another weapon. I mean, you've got Jarvis Landry, who, who again is a great, is a star on on Hard Knocks and an awesome sort of personality. Um, but it, I mean, it just gives them another option. He's hugely experienced. Has never really kind of been exceptional from a fantasy standpoint, but no. from a, a team standpoint, I think he could be very helpful yeah. to have around massive red zone threat isn't he yeah, just, yeah. unfortunately that takes away from uh, David Njoku which hurts me a little because I've just traded for him in our dynasty league I don't know if you saw that trade I did see that yeah we can maybe talk about that later but that was a, a, seemed like a fair trade do you think yeah. so I, I, Josh told me that it actually I've been sort of had my pants pulled down on that considering I initiated it um, but I, I, I think it's fair and I. Well, we might as well get. What, 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 was, what was that trade? Let's talk about it. Yeah, we, we sort of left too much of a carrot dangling <laughs> for the audience. So I offered the Kingston Pussycats, Zach Ertz, and Carlos Hyde for Amari Cooper and David Njuku, which I also. So I then offered. So I then offered to swap Njuku and Rudolph, which I think I would have been stealing off him a little bit. But I forgot to withdraw my Njuku trade, so he oh, obviously okay. accepted the Njuku one over the Rudolph trade. So that was a bit of a poor move by me. Uh, I was I was pretty busy, but <laughs> I, you know, if Des does sign, then that really hurts Njuku. Mm-hmm. I've got Hunter Henry stashed on my IR, and normally I don't take a tight end early, but I took Ertz in the fourth, and Amari Cooper's getting I know, all aboard the hype train on Amari Cooper because he might mm. be terrible again. But for me, John Gruden in 10 of his 11 seasons has always had a wide receiver over 1,000 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns. So if I can get that instead of Ertz, there's loads of tight ends available on the waivers. Yeah. And if Njuku carries on his preseason pace, then I'm quizzing. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, Josh obviously didn't think so, but he wanted too much for digs. So in your face, Josh. <laughs> Right then, Russ Nation, it's time for the Sleepers Busts and Love segment. 
as I've got Nick's in front of me, what we're going to do is we've got three posi- three players from each possession from each category. Now, look, currently looking at the time of the episode, we're quite a way in. So what we'll do is we'll do one of each player from each, you know, one bust quarterback, one sleeper quarterback, that sort of thing. And then if we've got time, we'll probably do a couple of favourites or something like that. So, is that your entire list in front of me, Nick? Uh, that looks like the majority of it, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that's all. So, we might as well sl- start with sleepers. And who is your sleeper quarterback? So, my sleeper quarterback is Alex Smith, who we've talked about already. Um, for, for a lot of the same reasons that we, we've talked about. We've talked about. So, I, I think he's in a decent position at, at Washington. I think, actually, the probably loss of Darius Grease probably helps him almost from a fantasy standpoint, as, mm. you, as you were saying before. Yeah. Um, and I think... I liked him a lot last season. I had, as I mentioned, I had him um, pretty much as my starting quarterback for the majority of the season in, in one of my leagues. Uh, I think he's moved on from that that sort of. I guess he was always regarded as a bit of a sort of game manager, um, as opposed to being a kind of gunslinging quarterback. And I think last year you saw a bit more of the latter. You saw him kind of moving into that role as being a, a star fantasy quarterback. And like, I mean, he's had three straight years over four thousand yards. He's, aver- he's averaged twenty six touchdowns a year, and so I think he could get back to the kind of mid tier QB one level. And and if you're if you're taking the strategy, which I think makes a lot of sense in in drafts this year, where you're taking right running backs and wide receivers early on, and you're just um, and you're holding out even till the kind of very late rounds for, to pick up quarterbacks. And I think it especially works in an eight eight or ten team um, yeah. team league. Uh, I think he's he's a great one just to pick up later on and and play in weeks where they have good matchups. Pick someone else when they don't. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a so he's currently the seventeenth quarterback off the board at the sixth pick of the twelfth round. So if you're telling me you can get you know five running backs, six mm. wide receivers, and a tight end, and then Alex Smith, yeah. I'm pretty down with that. Yeah, and what he was QB four, QB five last year, wasn't it? I mean, he was like. Yeah, single uh, digits. Yeah, four like single I think. digits. I think. Four, yeah. which I, I suppose the, the, the Chiefs had a great offense and, and he had a lot of targets that year, but no reason why he no. pull something out of the bag at, at Washington. So I also have Alex Smith as a sleeper. Um, I'm going to say another sleeper for me is Blake Bortles, though. Uh, it's a disgusting pick, and no one ever wants him on your team. But over the last three years, he's been a top twelve quarterback, and he's. He's safe. It's 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 horrible to say, but I think you know he he does offer you some rushing game, and he won people championships last year. That was. But I mean, one thing I've heard about him is is you hear a lot of Jags fans saying, "Well, I mean, is he the Jags have a probably the a top five defense and a." a lot of weapons on offense is he the guy to be for, for their Super Bowl generation is he I think he's I mean, they don't have much choice right now but but well you say that I think he's he's pretty the team around him is good enough to drag him to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, kind of Eagles style well I guess Eagles had Wentz for yeah. a long time yeah, that's not fair yeah. uh, but then you know you've got Teddy Bridgewater out there for the Jets who's on a one year prove it I think he's playing the preseason in order to get traded now if they were to trade for Teddy Bridgewater he's young and I think that would be an awesome trade uh, just 
I like Blake Bortles just because he is the 23rd quarterback. He's not being drafted. Mm-hmm. And if you pick him up in the last round, I think that's... I think, I think it's an absolute steal, especially last year through weeks 12 to 16. He was the number two overall fantasy quarterback behind Russell Wilson. Now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Andrew Luck wasn't there. So it's a little bit skewed. Mm. But he's free. He's got no ADP of relevance. Yeah. So And you can get him as a backup in your team. Yeah, streaming all week. So, uh, yeah. I couldn't use Alex Smith. I mean, we both picked up quarterbacks very late in our in our uh, dynasty league, and I, I took Dak, and you took Big Ben. Or did you? Yeah, I think you might have picked him up on a trade yeah. trade in, immediately after the draft. And do you take Bortles over those two? Well, no. I mean, if Big Ben's there, that's fair. Then yeah. I'm taking. Yeah, I'll take Dak probably over Bortles as well. Hmm. But they'll both get drafted. I mean, Dak might not because of how bad their offense. Well. Aerial offense looks. Yeah, I yeah. So like I said, I couldn't take Alex Smith because Nick nicked him. Um, so we might as well move on to a running back. Have you you got a sleeper runner back? I've got uh, uh, Corey Clement. Anything on that? Uh, yeah. Well, look. I mean, I think the first thing he is obviously he had an outstanding postseason last year um, to, 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 to 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 the uh, Super Bowl. Um, my thinking on him is really you've got him he's really only sitting behind J.A.J. Mm-hmm. at this stage uh, they've, they've re-signed Darren Sproles yeah. um, but uh, he's had a great, great postseason um, and certainly an injury to either of those two would put him in a kind of poor position I don't know where he's going now but it's right down the list uh, let's have a quick look. So, oh, I'm getting pretty late here. And this, no, there he is. He's currently going as the fourth pick of the tenth round and the forty-sixth running back off the board. And I think, like, I mean, he played his college football at, uh, at Wisconsin, and there he was behind James White and Melvin Gordon. So obviously, ended up being two star NFL running backs. Yep. Um, had an injury in 2015 and then really kind of came into his own in 2016. I can see the same thing happening in his in his NFL career. I think um, that sort of trajectory. He's maybe not the, the sort of he's probably not as great an athlete as, as JJ, but I think he's got a, a lot of things going for him. So I, I would um, and obviously with 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 Blount gone, um, that that opens him up relative to how he performed last year. So I think he's 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 pretty cheap down there in the uh, in the seventh round. Seventh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So I think I. It says here in the notes that he's two hundred and twenty pounds and was the most often used back inside the ten yard line for the the Eagles last year. If you're going to get sort of vulturing touchdowns off of him, I love that. And like you say, he's very cheap. Uh, running back, sleeping running back for me. Uh, we mentioned Jeremy Hill earlier, so I won't pick him. And for me, it's Carlos Hyde. Uh, he's a clear clear running back one in Cleveland for the time being, and. He's shown in preseason that he can do all of it, run and catch. I specifically like picking Hyde up if you've gone for Mark Ingram earlier because with Mark Ingram being out for the first four games, you can play Carlos Hyde and then you might be able to use him as trade bait, trade him away, then slide Mark Ingram into your running back two spot. Happy days if you can get somebody else for Carlos Hyde, especially if somebody's playing poorly and you give them a what they considered to be a good running back in Carlos Hyde and they're giving away somebody poor I love that I just think he was really good in San Francisco last year and the Browns 
lost Joe Thomas on the offensive line, but other than that, got pretty decent O-line, and they're going to run the ball. He won't catch it because of Duke Don- Johnson, but I think he's he will get a lot of the majority first and second down, especially if somehow the Browns are winning. As we mentioned earlier, they got loads and loads of weapons. So your sleeper wide receiver is deep, as in very deep. Yes, it's bottom. Bump. But uh, hearing very good things coming out of training camp, and I think he's performed pretty well in the uh, pre-season. In, in preseason games as well. Yeah, yes. So Michael Gallup at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so I, I, I ended up with a toss-up between him and. Uh, uh, and Christian Kirk down in in, in, in the I do which round it was probably too early actually but but uh, uh, and it was me and Josh and we were both sort of we both had our eye on one or the other and yep. I went for Christian Kirk and now completely regret it because Christian Kirk seems to be struggling to carve out the, the number two spot in in Arizona um, and I went probably out of loyalty to the Cardinals more more than anything else <laughs> uh, whereas Gallup seems to be in a in a I mean there there is no superstar wide receiver in front of him at the Cowboys I think obviously drafting any rookie you've got serious sort of bust risk but he seems like as good a pick as any um, and and just an interesting one to pick up you could probably even stretch for him if you're if you're weak at that position in the in the later rounds yeah no agreed my sleeper wide receiver is another rookie for the Titans and his name is Taewon Taylor I don't even know if you've ever heard of this guy. He, I have not. So yeah, he's he was. Is he a rookie? He is, I think. I well, actually, no, I don't think he is. I think he was injured. I messed this right up. I think he was injured actually last year. Uh, we should probably look that up. But he is currently filling in for Rashad Matthews, who is injured and isn't looking like he's going to be fit for the season. Now, my favourite wide receiver in the league, Corey Davis. Actually, favourite wide receiver in the league is pretty strong. But Corey Davis, I'm really high on in this year. I've bought his jersey from Pristine Auction because I'm that much of a fan. And Taewon Taylor is an athlete and slides nicely in behind behind Corey Davis. Corey Davis, he's got the pedigree to draw top corners, which means Taewon Taylor even if he is the third wide receiver, could see a lot of one-on-one coverage of not top corners and safeties. So I really like Taewon Taylor, and you can pretty much get him in the last round of your draft. Yeah, I'm just reading about him. So he, he was drafted in, in 2017, uh, taken by the Tennessee Titans, 72nd overall in the third round. Um, actually, the second wide receiver that the, t- the Titans took that year behind Corey Davis. Yeah, interesting. Did he get injured? Does it say he got injured? Um, no, he. Uh, well, hang on. Um, <laughs> he didn't play a great deal, obviously. No. Um, but he did. He, he sixteen receptions, two hundred thirty-one receiving yards, forty-three rushing yards, and one receiving touchdown. Hmm. Um, well, anyway, he's my sleeper. Okay. So, who's your sleeper tight end? Have you got one? Titan. I don't really have a sleeper tight end. I mean, tight end's always a bit of a mystery to me because as far as I can tell, you you pick, um, I guess, there's a few stars. Yeah, there's, there's, there's three. At the top. Um, 
and then I, then I'm always at a bit of a loss of what to do. I, I, I if I if one of those three is available at, at a decent spot, I've, I've tended to pick them up. But if I if not, then I kind of stab just ignore it and wait until a later round and try and get someone that doesn't look too terrible. But is that the right strategy? Yeah. So quite a few people actually just stream tonight ends based on matchup who's available mm. each week. So you just pick one up, play him, drop him, and then play somebody else the next week. I quite like doing that because sometimes you get an absolute steal and then it's fine. My sleeper, well I've got three sleeper tight ends, Uh, I'll run through them quick. So Jake Butt representing my Denver Broncos, I think he could be really good. Case Keenum loves a tight end, so that's not great audio, sorry. (laughs) Vance McDonald of the Steelers, now if he can get fit, he had a great playoff last year. Ten receptions and over 100 yards, which you want from a tight end. And then my real deep sleeper is the Seattle Seahawks, Nick Verrett. Now, I've never heard of any of these guys, I'm afraid. <laughs> so Nick Verrett was there last year, but he was behind Jimmy Graham, so you're obviously not going to see much of him at all. But he's shown in camp and preseason that he's really, really good and definite sleeper. Like, again, you get him in the end of the draft, pick him up late. Mm. He is supposedly behind Ed Dixon, but Ed Dixon's 31 years old, and I don't think they'll use him if they've got an absolute beast in Nick Vanette. They're paying him a fair amount, three million a year, which is tidy. Uh, I, yeah, really like Nick Vanette, and if you can grab him in the last round, I'm all about pushing my DST up a couple of rounds this year. I've decided there's enough deep people for me to be able to get a better DST. Mm. And then after that, when people are then picking DSTs, I can take the deep sleepers I really like. Okay. Uh, I've probably just given away my draft tip. So we'll move on to the busts. Now, we've both got the same quarterback at bust, but... Maybe for different reasons. No, I don't know. We'll okay. see. Well, no, we'll see. you go first, sir. Well, I mean, so, so my, the, the, this quarterback is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Snap! <laughs> so my my thinking here is not so much that he's terrible, it's the possibility that he's terrible. For me, he's just an untested quantity. He's He's got a, a contract worth $137.5 million, which is, by any standards, a, a pretty phenomenal amount of money, making him, I think now, after Kirk Cousins, the second most well-paid quarterback, or probably the third. third. I think Matt Ryan took the... And I guess Aaron Rodgers is going to come in over the top, but yeah. probably pretty shortly as well. Um, so, that, but, but either way, he broke the record when it was done um, well, a few months ago. Uh, and it's really on the basis of five games with the, the 49ers, during which, of course, he was great, but five games is enough to be lucky. Like, I mean, there's there's just a statistical problem there that you can't. You should. I'm not sure you should be paying someone that much money for the, on that little basis. Yes, I mean he had a decent run for a couple of games during the Deflate Gate with uh, behind Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, Tom Brady, obviously top top quarterback, but he never really challenged him, right? And no. there was and there was never any question that he would even consider challenging well, him. No, the only way he was going to get in the side is when Brady hung up his boots. Well, exactly. Yeah. So. I think there's, there's probably some just kind of natural mean regression with that, those five games being so good. And also, when you look at the, the stats on those five games, like, yes, on kind of yards and touchdowns, it looks pretty good. But he also threw six perceptions, six interceptions mm-hmm. during that period of time. Did very little with his feet. Yeah. I mean, for the level that he's going at and, the way, and, way, and putting him ahead of a, uh, someone like Alex Smith uh, in, his, in terms of his ADP, like, doesn't make much sense to me. No, thank you. 
it didn't help that his he played four absolute shocking teams in of those five games. I mean, he did shred the Jags as well, but then the Jags were probably in the playoffs by then. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. He's also in my bust. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, there was the Bears in that group of five. There was there was worse than that, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. Um, I I just think, like you say, his ADP is way too rich mm. for somebody who's not going to give you any ground yards. He didn't actually throw that many touchdowns. He was on course for just under 5,000 yards if he played a 16-game season, which isn't too bad. But like you say, his ADP is too high. If you can still get stud RBs and wide receivers in that range, I'm yeah. out. And he's moved the... Uh, I think the, the bookies had, before he signed, the bookies had uh, the 49ers to win five games this season. And after he signed, they have him to win nine. And I mean... That's bold. Which is a is a big gap for for one signing and and one fairly untested quarterback. So, yeah, um, agree. So, my bust is Deshaun Watson. Now this is bold, and it's not because he's not a good NFL quarterback. Like you know, he only played what four or five games last year. In that in those games, his touchdown rate was absolutely unreal. That is definitely going to regress. There is no, it, it absolutely has to. He's, Will Fuller isn't going to score 42 touchdowns like he was on course for. And he's going as, in some leagues, the number one quarterback ahead of Aaron Rodgers. So people have seen his five-game pace and just, you know, they've fallen in love That's with the insane. guy. Uh, I have drafted him in one league, but I got him in the 11th round. It was an early draft, so at the 11th, yeah, I'll play with that. But I just don't think their offensive line is per pro football focus the worst in the league and yeah he's mobile but if you've got people getting pressure on you every single snap either he will snap or you know which we don't want to see or they just won't they won't score the points they did last year even if they've got nuke hopkins which is a shame because i own a lot of nuke i've got a lot of nuke shares so i just again it's adp like we said with jimmy g to sean watson's adp is way too rich for me I'm not going to take him in the fifth round. I'm just never I mean, doing it. I've got I've got Nuke in our in our dynasty, so I need him to be on fire, really. So I I I mean I'm I'm with you on your points, but I I've, I've got to believe <laughs> fully against me otherwise. <laughs> so who have you got as your running back? Um, well, I mean, I I was actually thinking of, of Rashad Penny um, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about earlier, and and I think um, yeah, I don't think he's kind of best placed and obviously with the injury on top of that I think he's probably one to avoid and you've just got a lot of uncertainty with the Seahawks running back so I would avoid them entirely um, but I, I don't think it's a particularly insightful choice so I don't know who you, who you no, well their O-line is terrible as well That's and true. if Chris Carlson gets the starting job and you take Rashad Penny as your 6th, 7th rounder then you, you've already lost out on a space there so yeah I agree with that he's also in my bust lists we seem to be pretty level on everybody we like and don't like this season uh, I have Lamar Miller as my running back bust and it's purely based on the fact that he hasn't actually ever been any good. He was okay last year but he's never been a stud I, and their O-line is terrible. Um, obviously having a movable rushing quarterback does help running backs generally but I, I just don't want him at all. I've got him in a few places but that was because he was going so late and now with people convinced the Texans are going to be good, Lamar Miller's ADP is slightly on the rise and I don't want anything to do with him when you consider that they have the worst O-line in football. The only thing that might help is if they get up early in games and they've got a really good defence this year, then they might run the ball. You know, Donta Foreman 
is still on the pup list with an Achilles. So Lamar Miller is definitely their man there, but I, I just don't want any of it. I think he could be absolutely terrible. So do you have a wide receiver bust? I don't, I'm afraid. You don't. Uh, Nick, you're trending in the uh, you're trending like Sparky here. Started <laughs> strong, but finishing poorly. I just don't have the depth, you know. Uh, I disagree. So <laughs> I, I've got three. Uh, I'll talk about two of them quickly. My first one is Devonta Adams, and that is purely based on ADP. I would love him as my second wide receiver, uh, and I just I've got him as my second wide receiver, which is absolutely. But he's fine. got some injury problems as well. I've been getting worrying alerts from the excellent Sleeperbot app, um, but but it's less excellent when they tell me um, when I'm at work that I that I need to <laughs> quickly attend to my team because Devontae Adams has got some injury. I can't remember what the injury was, but it didn't sound good. Well, yeah, that and the fact that he's the touchdown leader over the last two seasons. I can he be the one? You know, the Packers have now lost Jordy Nelson, who was Aaron Rodgers' go-to man. Devontae Adams, yeah, he's good, but is he going to be good enough to go early second round, end of first? For me, I just don't like him mm. at, that, at that price. And then my other one is Tyreek Hill. He's not a wide receiver one for me. I, I've mentioned it on the pod for a few weeks now. He's he's a gadget wide receiver. Although if you did see the Chiefs 67 yard air touchdown last night Pat Mahomes absolutely slung it and if Tyreek Hill can get in behind people like that on a regular occasion take him as the first man off the board because he's <laughs> going to keep scoring but I, I just can't see it for me if he does keep doing that people will just drop their safeties even further back and then they'll get balls will get intercepted because he isn't the tallest mm. and he's not going to win a jump ball so could be good for Kansas City tight end potentially Possibly. I don't know who that is. Travis Kelsey. Travis Ke- oh, of course, yeah. yeah. He's um, he's probably already pretty high up on, the, on your Yeah, tight he's end. going as the third tight end off the board. Mm. Uh, I liked, uh, and they, they used him a lot yesterday as well, which was a good sign if you're a Travis Kelsey owner. I would probably take him in the fifth if he makes it to the fifth round. Travis Kelsey is appealing to me. Now tight ends, I don't imagine you've got a bust tight end either. Uh, I've got Benjamin Watson, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I, no, I didn't mention him earlier, actually. I mentioned Ed Dixon. Benjamin Watson at the Saints, I think he's just a little bit too old. Jordan Reed, he's injury prone and he's going too high off the board for me. And then I've got Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham looked absolutely phenomenal last uh, two nights ago with the Packers. I just don't think he's, he's not Jimmy Graham of old. People have said he's lost a bit of weight and he's looking svelte. But for me, that isn't enough to turn back the hands of time. And Aaron Rodgers has never really had a tight end that has been prolific. So I just think, his, again, his ADP is way too high for me. Uh, right, well, that's that's the busts we've bust out of there. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody, that was not great. We'll move on to people we love. Now, this is people that we want to draft absolutely everywhere, and if that includes reaching for someone, then I'm all in. I'll let Nick. Nick actually has a couple of people written down for this, yep, but both yep. are the same position, which is quite funny. <laughs> Well, so so my, my top lover, and both of them are wide receivers, is, is Michael Thomas. Uh, I just think what you really get here is consistency. Like, he's just year in, year out. He's just been great, I think. Uh, well, the statistic that I've got is that he has an 81% chance of fin- finishing at a, a wide receiver or three or better. Uh, and the only per- and, and he's top of, on, on that metric. The only per- And then behind him is Antonio Brown at 79%. And you've got him in our dynasty league. I've got him in our redraft, redraft league. 
Um, I think, I mean, Alvin Kamara was obviously a star for them last year, but probably will regress to some degree. He's too good um, last year. I mean, you, on the other side, maybe Drew Brees is going to be throwing the ball a little bit less. Yep. Um, but, but when he does, he's obviously the most one of the most accurate guys out there. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think he's, he's kind of where uh, sort of Larry Fitzgerald was three or four years ago. And he's I, I mo- he's, for me, he's moved into the top tier of elite receivers. He's a lock for double-digit touchdowns, and I also have him on my list as my top receiver that I want to draft everywhere. Seeing as you did receivers, I might as well hop into the receiver pool, and I've got Julio Jones. I also have Thomas, so my next one is Julio Jones. Now, I, th- I just think the Falcons will be a much, much better team this year. Second year of Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Julio, you know, he'll miss a game or two through injury because he's not solid, but he's an absolute athletic freak and technically could be the best wide receiver in the league. And if you think he's sliding to sort of mid-end of late round two, what are you doing, everyone? Why, why are you taking people above Julio Jones? I want him everywhere and anywhere... I've even taken him at the end of the first round if running backs are still available. I, I just, yeah, if if you tell me I can get Dalvin Cook and Julio Jones, yes, please. I, I just think he could go 1,400 yards and seven, eight touchdowns. And if you've got that, you're looking at a wide receiver one or two. So we might as well move on to the running backs you are absolutely. And you've got a little bit of a left field Running back love at this point. So, uh, I mean, this is there's an element of which uh, this would be... Uh, so I work in, in investment, and this is what we describe as talking our own book um, in, in terms of uh, uh, talking about something and, and promoting something that we already own. Um, so, so in, uh, the one I've picked is Alex Collins. Uh, and he carved out the sort of lead role in the, uh, uh, in the Ravens' backfield last year. Uh, and they've brought him back, having I mean, him on a, on a one-year free agent contract. Yep. Um, I think I mean he's going early third round. No, sorry, late third rounds. Kind of running back eighteen. Given that he finished run, running back nine last year, seems a steal. Seems like a bit of a steal. So I think at that point he's pretty undervalued. He's not could never be classed as a sleeper in that he's always going to go in those first four or five rounds. I would think. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of establish himself as the number one guy yeah uh, and I mean they, they've got Kenneth Dixon and Buck Allen there who probably have some role um, but but seems like a steal at that point yeah I hope Kenneth Dixon gets some sort of role because I traded for him in the dynasty league that we're in which now seems like an absolutely ridiculous thing to have done but you know I agree Alex Collins you know the Seahawks let him go and I think they are probably ruining that decision but once he got the starting job last year he was really really good and I think he's very very undervalued and so for you to have him as your running back love I, I, I'm i fully on board for me it's my boy Joe Mixon now we, I mentioned him earlier I, I'm definitely going to get a Bengal shirt with Joe Mixon on the back I just I, I love him and I, I really think that he could be for me he's got the most potential to be the running back one if they use him in a full situation then I, I just don't think he can go wrong. I, I, obviously, Gio Bernard's going to come in, but Joe Mixon's skill set is catching, so they're not going to bring Bernard in to then catch the football if your running back's already a better catcher. But has their own line got any better since last year? So they drafted somebody in the first round this year, uh, a centre, I think, and then they've also acquired uh, a guard or maybe a left tackle in the free agency, so their O-line is definitely better. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I just I want him everywhere. And he's currently going, you know, as the ninth running, as uh, the ninth pick in the second round, running back fifteen, running back fifteen for somebody who could possibly be the number one running back in fantasy. That that's a real steal for me, and I just want him everywhere. If you can give me him uh, and Julio Jones, then yes, please. So we're. Who have we done? We've done wide receivers, running backs. Have you got a quarterback? You, I mean, Alex Smith, we both mentioned him earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether he can. you can kind of categorise him as a love, but I think with, with the run of the quarterback situation and the depth that you can get in late picks, maybe maybe he is. Um, I, like that. I, I guess you've got the obvious calls, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Paying up for those boys. But yeah, I, don't, I mean, I still think the best strategy is to not reach for anyone at that point. Uh, I quite like Kirk Cousins. I've got him again. Pick him up quite late. Yep. Um, now the best paid quarterback in football must be doing something right. Um, and I think probably in terms of the Vikings, with with a, with a, a lot of weapons to throw to. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. All of that is decent. I, Marcus Mariota. He was. We talked. I talked for at length on our quarterbacks ranking show about him. I I want him everywhere just because I think. The Titans are going to be so much better this year with Matt Lafleur over there now. They're going to run a decent offense. They've got they've got weapons everywhere. Their D's pretty sneaky good, and he offers you bonus ground running yards. I, uh, I, yeah, he's going real late as well. So I don't have his ADP in front of me, but he's going really, really late. And I, I think you know his opening schedule isn't great, but if you take him late and then you pick up an Alex Smith as well. Or somebody else like that, and you've got two quarterbacks you can just bounce off week to week, play their matchups. Mm. That's the sort of thing that wins you weeks. Jared Goff, kind of, kind of like him. I mean, he did well for me last year, uh, yeah. kind of out of nowhere. I think he, if you're going to run a sort of rotational quarterback system, I think he's a, an option to have. I quite yeah. like him. Agreed. I think he's more of an NFL quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback for me. Mm. He definitely has the skills to be a good quarterback, but I just I don't want him fantasy wise. But I can, yeah. Again, if he's because he doesn't throw enough, or what's the reason for that? Yeah, I maybe because he does because of Gurley, and mm. then if their defense is even better this year, they're going to run the ball le- more and throw it less. Although yeah, they, they could put loads of points on people, and they were the top scoring points team last year in fantasy. So Goff, if they score more, then Goff is a good choice. But I just think there are other people that offer you a safer floor, which I I like to chase safe floors and upside but then I guess everybody does <laughs> that's nothing new I mean we, we we won't worry about tight ends everybody knows that the tight ends that have a Gronk Kelsey and Ertz if you can get Trey Burton but then Trey Burton's ADP is massively skyrocketed because people are hyping up the Bears Jack from the kickers matter is all over the Bears this year every single position I don't even know if he's on Mitch Trubisky but I, I can think he probably is if in deeper leagues I just, yeah I'm not as high on the Bears but then I've got Trey Burton as a tight end I really want I got him in my early early drafts I got him all over the place as my last pick in the drafts before people got on the hype train so I stole people all over the place there I think that probably that'll do it for the guys we love I, I don't think Sounds there's good. much more to say. So, how Nick, Nick? How's your first podcast experience been? It's been good. It's been good. A, a few nerves coming into it, of course. Uh, and uh, I don't know if um, I have a career as a, a sports pundit by any stretch, but uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So, thanks for thanks for having oh, me on. Well, you're more than welcome. It can be uh, walking in, seeing the setup on the tables can be quite intimidating with the mics and computer screens and all equipment hanging out all over the place. So, yeah. But no, I think you have performed very well. I enjoyed having you on. Thank it's, you very much. Um, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for us guys this week. 
So thanks for listening. Don't forget to find us on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. That's our host site. Come at us on socials with your takes, questions, yada yada yada. And it's at Five Yard Rush. We appreciate the love. Shout out to Maryland for downloading again. Oh, and Nick, one for you here. I think your friend in Norway may have downloaded Eric. Eric, excellent. So shout out to Eric. Thanks for being our first Norwegian download. Represent Scandinavian countries out there. But until next week, guys, it's been fun. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.